It is part of and the charm. It is a new podcast. So. It's a new podcast. <laughs> we are just now trying to get our sea legs in actually how we record the podcast, which is called Inherently Human. Inherently Human. Oh, fuck. That was a pen. Oh. And something happened. <laughs> I found a shiny thing on the table, and it turned out to be uh, the end of a pen. And so now there's ink on my fingers. I'm sorry. <laughs> a little disaster even as we start the show. Right By away. the way, we right are recording. Bat. And we have guests today. I, I know on another podcast I mentioned that Haley might show up sometime. And we have talked about Willis, <laughs> although that podcast... Never we saw scrapped, the light we of day. That one, yeah. We scrapped that one. <laughs> but both of you guys have been mentioned while we're in process of recording this. My name is Jim Newman. I'm Aiden DeBoard. And uh, we, I'm Willis Holman. There's one. And I'm Haley Sage. Yes. <laughs> and what? Not practice, if you couldn't tell. What these guys have in common, other than the fact that they are friends is that they all work at the Portland State University Rec Center pool. And they're all lifeguards. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> and, and Haley's a bit indisposed right now. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Haley had an accident at poolside, which seems like it was really horrendous. You want to get a little bit closer to the microphone and sort of narrate what happened to you? Oh step by step. It's not that exciting us, of a paint story. Paint us a picture exactly we what We want happened. a word picture. That's what podcasts... <laughs> somebody's riding their bike around town and they have their headset on or their earphones. They want to know about humanity. That's what this whole podcast is about. Yeah, this is really interesting stuff. Yeah, Inherently so. human... There's going to be pain, right? So I want yes. you to tell this so vividly that I hurt. <laughs> I want to feel now your broken you, arm yeah. in my arm. Oh, man. That you guys you are really put putting the me pressure on. on. Okay. Yeah. Come on. So, we have faith. Um, it was early in the morning. I was opening at the pool. About six um, or so? Um, it was on a Saturday. Oh, so it was like... No, it was like eight. Seven? Seven something. Yeah. Okay, seven o'clock yeah. in the morning. Um, I just finally woke up. Um, and Because of the accident? No. <laughs> Where was the sun in the sky, Haley? Where was the position of the moon The trajectory the of the sun. Is, yeah, no, it was like... What constellation was it under? Is this at all important or relevant? No. <laughs> well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell my story. You guys just <laughs> taking charge of the podcast. You guys podcast. all have like your say that you need to. Put, yeah, no. yeah. And, uh, all right, and you're all right. right. And all right. right. <laughs> so I was. Um, we ha- we have to put tarps on. Um, no, we have to take the tarps off. Yeah, we were taking the tarps off, and I was walking around the corner of the pool, mm-hmm. and there was a little puddle of water. Yes. And there's, I mean, there's water everywhere at it's the pool. A... It's, it's unavoidable. It's and, just going to happen. And the tarp is this huge layer of fabric of some sort that yeah. covers the entire surface of the pool at night. Is that to keep the temperature up slightly to avoid losing heat? Anyway, that's not relevant, but there is a cover. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that's it. That's the chore I was doing. It. Yeah. The it's just a little doing. bit of detail. Sorry I interrupted. It's the job description. Yes. Yep. But anyway, I walked um, over this puddle, and I was making a turn. So I wasn't just, like, walking 
quickly. I was also turning. I think that's the reason why I slipped somehow. Um, but I, like, my, my foot just lost traction, so I oh. fell backwards. You fell backwards. Yes. And I, was like, it like went, a uh, a Charlie Brown trying to kick the football? It was exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. And I, to avoid hitting my head and getting a concussion or you know dying yeah. or something, I like reached out to break, break my fall. And that's when my like I landed on my palm, but there was so much force um, that like it all went to my elbow, and so it it created a or it caused a compression fa- fracture, which is just like. Usually it shatters, so I'm really lucky it didn't shatter. Um, but yeah, it it broke, and I heard it snap. You heard so, it. I don't. <laughs> you wow. said you wanted to feel pain. So I know, and now I do. And he is. You <laughs> but it's more of like an emotional it. pain right now. Uh, well, it's, empathy. It's... <laughs> You've engendered empathy in your audience here. <laughs> yes, and like I mean. It wasn't really painful necessarily. The the unpleasantness of the breaking wasn't strictly from the pain, um, because I mean I did feel it. It wasn't that bad. It was more like something felt very wrong with my arm. So when you break something, something just feels off, and the psychological like distress that that causes is where it really sucks. Yes. So yeah, the, the, the pain was the worst. Like it's not that bad. So the image I have in my mind is that literally. Your legs flew out <laughs> under you, yeah. and that meant that you had something in the neighborhood of three and a half feet or so to fall. I don't know exactly what the geometry of that kind of fall is, is that geometry? but I mean, is that well, I mean, geometry? just where your feet were, that's about three feet, right? And now they're no longer sustaining you and you're in the air. I'm just trying to get a visual. How why, much? Did, oh, yeah. I don't, why didn't you record it, Haley, so we can psychoanalyze <laughs> your, uh, your fall your fall, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't like per- come prepared that day with like equipment for recording because I didn't know I was going to break my arm. But. We have seen no proof. Um, of this break. So, as far as we're aware, she's just trying to get X-rays. out of work. Yeah, it could be. I also have a doctor's note. Would you like to see all the documentation? No, I don't, because the... we've gone through enough already. <laughs> because you guys just need to believe me. Like Exactly. And so, did you go ahead that day uh, with your lifeguarding I can answer that. Time. She did yes. not, because I came in that morning. I felt so bad. I was woken up uh, by a phone call, mm-hmm. and I came in about 20 minutes later to replace her. I hate this part of the story. Wow. <laughs> and you went straight to the doctor then, huh? Yeah, I had to walk there with my sling. Thankfully, we found the sling. Yes. Um, we, I was we, walking downtown. I didn't want to be wearing a shirt around my arm. We attempted at first to use your flannel, I believe. Yeah. Some kind of flannel to <laughs> sling her arm. And I was like, oh, I can do it. I, I totally know how. Turns out I don't. I don't know how. How do you not know how? It's pretty easy. With a shirt? Yeah, I've done it. Okay, you, Jean. You did it fine. <laughs> All right, Mr. Medic. Like, uh, Walk us through how to make a sling out of a shirt. All right, so you have the person grip their elbow. Okay. But you wrap first, like, one end of the shirt around. So you can either put it in, like, um, just, like, wrap the shirt around, like, 
you know, normal so that the both sleeves are hanging out, or you could actually like open the shirt up, depending on the type of shirt, and put it uh, so that the head hole is around the elbow, and then you just take both the sleeves and you can tie it. One around the back, one around the front, and then you do it. I guess I have the idea, but is that is not what you did. Whatever <laughs> no. you did. <laughs> we instead found a box full of splints and slings and used that actual medicine. So, <laughs> I'm just wondering, Haley still has some of her story to tell. And I'm just really? wondering how you've lived your life with this um, disability that... Well, is pretty profound. I mean, you have difficulty using that arm now, don't you? In I mean, some ways? yeah, at this point, um, I can lift things with it. I can do most things. Um, however, if I move it in like a very specific way, like I twist it mm. in a certain way, uh, I'll like tweak it and it'll hurt really, really bad. But I can use it for most things now. Um, but before, it was pretty limiting i didn't realize how frustrating it would be yeah like i got mm. really was this your first time breaking a bone or no i had broken my ankle before mm-hmm. but that was fine because i just put a boot on it got some crutches and i just continued working <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah right yeah well is that the end of the podcast because no, <laughs> yeah 10 minutes in thanks for listening everybody no. don't break bones no, no, no. drink your milk um no um, Jim, in your time, in your 72 years, yeah. um, through the army and everything, what has been your experience with injuries? Oh man, we don't, it's such, it's such a litany of horrible events that, <laughs> no, 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 I have uh, had, well, I just think they accrue over time. I mean, if you live your life, if you try to have an exciting time and I had a, great job working for Oregon Public Broadcasting, and we hiked all over Oregon. I mean, mountain ranges and deserts and just landscapes like I'd never seen before. Um, And what happened is I sort of wore my body out, so I've had both of my hips replaced. I've had both rotator cuffs sewn up. I've had two back surgeries. It just goes on and on and on. So I've, I've had a lot of stuff, but I think that's kind of par for the course. Human bodies wear out, you know, so. Is that what we have to look forward to? Well, I mean, what you also have, of course, to look forward to is the excitement of, you know, doing cool stuff, I guess. Um, one thing that has drawn us all together is that we have all four of us talked poolside um, <laughs> about various things, and I was talking to Willis about his avocation, and I guess you all know this, that one, he's a political science major, but he also... Yeah, he never, was, he never shuts up about he, it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, no, it's something I talk about a lot. He it's wants to get thing. into politics. Like, why we don't talk. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Well, <laughs> we got we got to um, shit on him a little bit. We'll keep him sure. in mind. Yeah, but I was intrigued about uh, the idea of someone actually running for election at a certain point in his mm-hmm. life. That's 
one thing he wants to do. Yeah, no, um, I'm not entirely sure when yet, but yeah, that's my general plan for the future is run for some kind of office. Um, I think in Congress probably later. I, uh, I think in a few years I could probably run for the uh, Oregon House seat uh, that Earl Blumenhauer currently holds. Wow. Um, yeah. What's the minimum age? 25. To... Okay. 25 for House, 30 for Senate, 35 for President. And then every other one just doesn't really have an age okay. limit. Do you consciously think about that future when you live your life? I mean, are you careful not to be drunk in public? Or are you nicer <laughs> to people than you would be otherwise? I mean, I'm wondering. Um, no, it really not. depends on the... Well, yeah, you can attest for some of this. Um, it really does depend on the situation. Um, if I'm, you know, out in the world doing... Stuff and things. Stuff and... Well... Depends on what I'm out in the world doing. Like, there have definitely been times Aiden and I have taken, like, drunken walks for the, <laughs> for the streets of Portland. Yeah, we have. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's bad having that on camera la- or on recording later, but, right, right. you know, whatever. Uh, we, we swore in Brett Kavanaugh, but... <laughs> um, anyway, um, typical. Gotta, gotta make those pop culture references. Um, but sure, anyway, exactly. Um, Keep it current. Keep it current, but... Now we've just dated ourselves. Yeah, now we've just dated ourselves. Like, but anyway. Um, then, you know, if I'm out networking or I'm out at, like, a student leadership event or uh, anything like that, or I've gone to, like, the mayor's office when I worked for the student... or the school newspaper for a while and stuff, I'm pretty sure to, you know, keep my composure and I just... and all of that then. I just kind of know the situation and know when I need to be professional and all of that. Yeah. So, you'd call yourself an extrovert then? Are you somebody yeah, who... I would, I'd call myself an extrovert. I like talking to people, meeting new people, and hearing their stories and stuff. Not to, you know, say that I don't like, you know, laying in my bed at home in the evening and watching cartoons or something like that, but... <laughs> but what, what got you into doing this? What was the initial drive? Um... You know, it's kind of hard to, like, really put a date on. So when I was in high school still, I wa- really wanted to be uh, into computer science. Okay. Actually, really? like, yeah. I um, I'd started out my freshman year of high school thinking I was going to go to Oregon Institute of Technology for a computer programming degree. Because, like, uh, my family had always told me that, you know, you want to find that, like, stable job that, you know, pays a good amount of money so that you can buy a house later, you know, X, Y, Z steps and jobs that are unstable, like musician or politician or actor, things, you know, I was really into, like, they're just better as hobbies and maybe not as future careers. And so that was kind of the mindset I had had for a while, and computers uh, intrigued me and stuff, so that was, you know, generally what I was doing, until I realized, you know, I really got into programming classes around my junior year and realized programming sucks. (laughs) Like... I would be sitting there, I'm like, I'm going to make a text-based game, and it'd take me, like, nine and a half hours of, like, programming and drinking Red Bull and stuff, and I'd be like, all right, let's play it, and then there's, like, a bug. And I'm like, well, I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, (laughs) and so I was like, all right, time to rethink my life. I'm not going to be, you know, sad sitting there, like, I hate my job for the rest of my life. So I rethought about it, and that was right during the 2016 presidential election, and... Mm -hmm. I don't know, I got really intrigued by that, and just in all of my classes, you know, I went to, like, Bernie rallies, and, um, all of that, and, uh, campaigned for him in my small town of Coos Bay, which was fun sometimes. <laughs> dangerous. And dangerous sometimes, like, I had a bumper sticker on my car, and, uh, when I was parked in the high school one day, like, someone had actually took the time to, like, scrape the Bernie bumper sticker off my car. 
Wow, so, I guess that makes sense. That's rural, yeah, rural Oregon. Exactly. So, and what I ended up doing is next time I went to a Bernie rally, I got like one of those big Bernie signs, and I put it in the back seat of my car, so it was facing out the rearview window, so that they'd have to like break my window to remove the sign. And nobody and, did that. No, no one did that. There w- would have been people crazy enough to do it. They probably just didn't notice. Um, and so, yeah, that's really just what was getting me into it. Is one of my teachers went to me one day, and they're like, "Hey, like." You know, why aren't you thinking about politics? It's something you're really good at. You keep getting, like, A's in your civics classes. And, like, in high school, I did not try. And I don't really try that much in college either. But uh, high school, I tried even less. But I was constantly, you know, getting A's and getting involved in my civics and world history classes and stuff. And they're like, hey, you're just naturally really good at this. Like, is it something you've ever thought about? And I was like, oh, no, not really. So I went home and I went to my mom and I was like, hey, mom, like, what do you think of me being a politician someday? And she went, like, are you high? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Good question. Yeah, basically. That is I, a valid question. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe, that's maybe not. That's so, something I have to ask you a lot, too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but no, I just got really involved then. I was like, you know what, I'll be a political science major for a term and just see if it works for me. And it did. So here I am. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that pivot point was in your junior year and you're a senior now? Yeah, about, uh, well, junior year of high school. Oh, um, oh, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's a while back. Yeah, a while back, and okay. then, yeah, I went to college and started studying political science, and I just loved it. Yeah. Do you see him that way, Haley? I mean, do you see him as a budding politician? politician? I can easily picture him in that kind of a position. Very, I noticed very articulate, which is which he, is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. he it's lies to us all the time. So <laughs> I he? mean, yeah, it's, he it's does perfect. What? Not only <laughs> to you, Aiden, um, just me. Great. Well, it's a Saturday, and he's wearing a tie. <laughs> I know. That's how you know this this man means business. All right, he's, he's already, on top of yeah. it all the time. What yeah. can I say? I like dressing nice. <laughs> he does look nice, though. He does look nice. <laughs> He came in yesterday uh, to the pool wearing almost the identical uh, outfit, just palette swapped. Yeah, basically. Uh, what, what do you mean? The color, the yeah. color coordination was... So, yeah, I was wearing the blue shirt and the black tie, and now I'm wearing the kind of bluish tie with the black shirt. So, yeah, I guess color swapped. Wow. Same, same thing. I don't have enough, like, nice clothes to change it up. And well, I'll take you nice clothes around. shopping. I like I like shopping for nice clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried taking Aiden a few times. He never likes it. Oh, it's See, terrible. See, I like shopping unless I'm with friends because that's what makes it tolerable. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to plug your favorite clothier? <laughs> I mean, is there a place you go? Um, I don't know. Like, Costco. Yeah. Not, not Costco. Uh, H&M is a place I go a lot, um, because, you know, I'm kind of a slimmer dude, so finding, you know, slim clothing clothing is just easier at places like H&M. Are you being paid to say that? We should be at least, we should be paid to say that. Well, we're not paid to say that. Let's call him right now. H&M, like, maybe, uh, maybe some sponsorship, but, um. Can you endorse us, please? But. No, um, mostly I go just, like, thrift stores and stuff like that and just see, like, what I can find for pretty cheap. And if I then need to get something a little nicer for any sort of event, like something I just don't find, then, yeah, I go to, like, H&M or, um, I've gone to Men's Warehouse a few times, stuff like that. Mm. yeah. When was the last time that you dressed up real nice and fancy? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, I have the feeling that I did it. Oh, I know. 
why I dressed up nice. I was in a little movie that was directed by a student at Mount Hood Community College, and I had to audition for the role, and then I had to learn my lines, and uh, so I had to, I was in the script described as the suited man. Oh, yeah. So I had to wear a suit. <laughs> now, while we were on set, and it was out in a farm field uh, near uh, Ridgefield, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, Ridgefield, Washington, and um, it was a gray day, and we were sitting out in this field. There was a table and chair. It turned out I was the devil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, that's a fun role to play. So <laughs> it was the cool. suited man. The suited man. If you say, if you say it slow, slow enough, it sounds like Satan. <laughs> ah, well, do you it think all comes together. Wow, that is really a kind of a brilliant insight. I wonder if that's even more <laughs> brilliant. I Files soundtrack. Is that more brilliant than the director knew, or did he actually mean to have? suited man sort of sound like Satan. I don't know. That is an interesting thing. Would would it have changed your, your acting or your role or anything like that if you knew from the beginning that you were the devil? Um, well, what, what I did know was that I was welcoming someone or greeting someone into... Purgatory, someone who had killed themselves. So whoever I was, and given (laughs) the dialogue that I had, I knew I wasn't nice. (laughs) Okay. I knew I wasn't a nice guy. I just didn't know that I was the devil. And I, even after he told me I was the devil, I didn't really change the way I played the role. Mm -hmm. I just was pretty severe. You know, I can sound severe anyway. So I just really played on that and talked like this, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know, like, what kind of movie you were in, but it really just, I think, depends on the role. So, like, yeah. um, for example, I don't, I know Aiden hasn't seen the Harry Potter franchise, Have, but... I, actually, that's, hold on. <laughs> I've seen one Harry Potter movie, and it was the very last one. So, I was introduced to all the characters, and then it all got wrapped up real nicely for me, and I didn't have to go through all the bullshit drama of people dying and all that nonsense. Oh, most people died in that last movie, but... Did they? Yeah, that's when the most people died, but I wasn't really paying attention. Um. So, are you guys... (laughs) Haley, are you a fan? Are you you a fan of Harry Potter? Because I was at a dinner thing last night, and we talked about it. I don't know none of those movies, and I didn't read the books either. I. No, it's a little out of your era. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. I mean, when I, I was a kid, that's when they were popular. Okay. Yeah. So I read them all, and I loved them. As I a kid. loved the books, and then the movies were pretty good too. Movies but, were good. Um, I just know that one of the actors, um, Alan Rickman, who played Severus Snape. Um, yeah, I know. Rest mm-hmm, in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but true. He um, talked to J.K. Rowling before he filmed the first movie, and he was the only one who knew how the entire series would go, because his character goes through a real, like, arc through the, sto- uh, through the story of Harry Potter. And so he was able to kind of play on some of those, you know, small things about his character that, you know, anyone but J.K. Rowling didn't even know at the time. And that, looking back at his 
acting and stuff, you can really see that. So I think it does really depend on the role. Sometimes you need it is... information. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to know the twist so that you can subtly change how you act towards your other co-stars, but... Yeah. You know, sometimes you, it's better to keep it a twist as well for yourself. I don't know if you guys know this about Willis, but he has acted, <laughs> and I know this from poolside conversations, mm -hmm. and he's big into improv. Oh, yeah. Which is going to really help him. Oh, definitely. Um, improv just, you know, really helps you be able to articulate on the spot and get your thoughts in order and all of that, which... For being in politics and, you know, having to later participate maybe in debates and things like that, having that experience in improv is really going to help. I, uh, I have a clip of me in my movie. Ooh. I want to see if I can play it here. <laughs> um, I actually did want to see this. Okay, well this is... Whoa. To be with me. Here. Were you happy with your choice? Were you happy before you left? See, I say left, he committed How suicide. How unfortunate. Yeah. How unfortunate, is what he says. Uh, it's just, I'm torturing this guy. Right. You know, like, and then he hears his mother say, I love you. You gave that up to be with me. This is a different take of the same thing. Were you happy before you left? But you can see I'm wearing a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you look very uh, dapper, sir. Thank you. Thank <laughs> but you. you do look very menacing as well. Like sometimes yeah. that like, bla like that black and white suit can really Yeah. They're wearing it. It's make, wearing you. Make someone look Ooh. powerful and I'm quoting somebody. That can either be good or bad. And you really played that kind of like evil side of I know, voice. and that's the great thing about acting. And what was cool about the interaction with the fellow who played the condemned suicide victim, if I guess victims were there, um, was that our eye contact really fueled the nastiness in me because he was so pleading uh, mm -hmm. that he realized he'd made a horrible mistake. And now he's forever condemned, and he's horrified, and I am pitiless. But that's acting. Mm -hmm. You know, how you can take the emotion of the moment, and it fuels how you respond. And that's a beautiful chemistry that happens. Exactly, yeah. You know? I haven't done much acting, so I can't, can't super relate on that. However, <clears throat> this podcast has yes. definitely been... An interesting way of developing that chemistry, I think. You know, Haley said something a few moments ago, and it kind of got lost. And I'm wondering if you remember what it was, because I don't want you to be somehow, you know, overpowered by all the testosterone <laughs> in the room. I'm used to it, honestly. I grew up in a family <laughs> with mostly men. Yeah. And with... All my brother's friends were always in this. So you handled yourself very well in this yeah. kind of situation. This is co very comfortable to me. Ah, very It'd be good. very uncomfortable if it was full of women, actually. Is that right? Yeah. I have a strong association with, like, distrust in women, uh, which is a whole other story. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> I suppose it is. Yeah. But, okay, well, I let's... think I said, um, was it about the suit? Yeah. The, um, you're wearing it, it's not wearing you. 
Like, okay, could you unpack that a little bit? I mean, you mean I sort of, it enhanced me? It wasn't that I got lost in it yes. somehow? Yeah, it wasn't like taking you over. You were like, we were talking about how intimidating you were coming across. Yeah. Like how it worked, your acting. Right. And we were talking about your outfit and those two together, and I was just making huh. the point like you were taking charge of your role and not letting the like... The suit. Do you hear that, guys? I mean, that's oh, a movie review. That's a review of my so. acting <laughs> by someone who knows. Silence. So, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess my my experiment that I want to try right now. All right. If you're willing. Well. Is how. Try to try to have that same power, wearing what you're wearing now. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess it would have to, you know, I, I could recite some lines because I know a number of different monologues. Right. And I guess I could do that, but, you know. A lot of people listen to this podcast for some ASMR. Some a- what is ASMR? I have no idea what it st- uh, stands for. Y'all? It's an acronym. Uh, no. or I'm pretty sure it's an acronym. As far as my understanding of what ASMR A-S-M-R. is, not not like music, but rather just very calming, whispering closely. Sounds. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, someone actually told Aiden that this podcast is calming. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've listened to it. I agree. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Well, before we do that, I got a trivia question. Ooh, okay. Trivia. All right. Thirty-minute trivia. Yeah, this is from Harry Potter, and I'm not seeing the series. But at dinner last night, <laughs> these people talked about Harry Potter, and I brought up the elf, which turns out to be a house elf. A house elf. Oh, Dobby. Dobby, yeah. the house elf, died. And my question to you That's guys, because you're experts, is how did okay. Dobby? It's been out a while. How did Dobby die? So, it was, he died saving Harry and the gang, so I don't know, like, how, you know, y'all probably don't know as much about Harry Potter, but house elves in this version can kind of, like, teleport and teleport people with them, mm-hmm. and so apparate. he was, yeah, apparate, that's the word for it. Apparate? Apparate, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some weird words in Harry Potter. Okay. So teleport, um, gotcha. And so Harry and the gang were kind of trapped in. Was it Bellatrix Lestrange's house? Or I know she was there. It was in a house, and she was there, and she threw in. It might have been. I think it was. Yeah, I think. (laughs) I'm sort of. I'm sort of glad, Aiden, that you don't know more than I do. So go ahead. No way. Yeah, it's like you guys are speaking a foreign language. As he's trying to save them by like kind of coming in and teleporting all of them out, Bellatrix Lestrange just kind of like throws a knife and it hits him as right before they go. Say that name again. Oh no, again. Aiden's stressing out. Bella, okay. what else We'll go slower. Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange. Lestrange. She's an evil woman. That's a person. Yes. And Bellatrix and, and, yes. Lestrange. And she's my yes. favorite character. She's a really great character, and she's played okay. by, um, uh, what's... Helena something. Yeah, she's one of Tim Burton's wives, right? She's... <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. Does he have multiple? Is that what's going on he's, I think he's had multiple. He's had multiple. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I could be wrong Amazing there. Actress. But 
She's really good. She's been in a lot of stuff. Okay, but we're talking about Dobby dying now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they, um, Harry, happens. Hermione, and Ron, and other people. It was like, as well as Jenny Dobby. and uh, the Wand Maker. The Wand Maker. Yeah. Um, so just a bunch, yeah. Of, yeah. a bunch of great people that we're rooting for. Are All the good guys. They're good people. Or trans. Porting. Teleporting. Teleporting. Sorry, that's not the actual word they use in the book, okay? Oh, yeah. And they yeah. teleport um, to us. They're trying to teleport somewhere safe and get out and escape. Um, Bellatrix, her last, like, thing like thing that she does to try to stop them is just throw a knife into this, like, I don't know, space that they're teleporting in. So Kind of like this goes world. Oh, yeah. like, cut yeah. it all up and they'd all die from some horrible accident. Yeah, type thing, but it just yeah. hit Dobby and, like, the stomach, oh. yeah, and he's a house elf, so he's small. And getting hit by a knife is—I mean, it always sucks, but especially, it sucks. Yeah, when I don't you're know. Three feet tall, um, yeah. especially when you're teleporting. I would imagine <clears throat> that makes it even more stressful. It's unpredictable what's going to happen. You know, it could hit anybody. Well, yeah, because there's a time and space continuum that's been and somehow disrupted, no mm-hmm. doubt. And um, so, yeah, they land in the safe location, which is a beach, and then that's how the seventh movie ends, is him dying in Harry's arms. Yeah. That's really sad. Wait, that's really sad. You watch... So, Se- the seventh one. movie was split into two movies for okay. some reason, but mm-hmm. seven money. part one. Money is the reason. Yeah, money might be the reason. Money it also could be that the seventh reason. book was, like, 1,200 pages long, yeah. but... <laughs> can't relate. At least he died a free elf. Yeah, at least he died a free elf. <laughs> And that Great was a face. good thing. What you mean? He was somehow a prisoner elf. So yeah, was he not? House, already? house elves are we slaves. All thought so, yeah. Oh, okay. house elves are slaves in the Harry Potter universe, and the only way they can not be slaves slaves is if their owner gives them an article of clothing. Well, that seems that's, a simple. Yeah, that's pretty easy. <laughs> well, yeah. they're supposed to wear like rags if they're slaves, and if the owner gives them an article of clothing, it means that they are no longer slaves. They don't have to wear rags anymore. Yeah, and so Harry snuck one of like the owner's socks into something that Dobby, like the owner, gave Dobby so that he could be a free elf, and the owner was not happy with Harry. Who's uh, the owner? Uh, Draco Malfoy's dad, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Wait, what? Well, you guys know those names, even though I don't know in what language Draco <laughs> Malfoy <laughs> would be a name, but you guys have it down. Oh, Draco's a good. Okay, I we can Draco. go on forever. Yeah, we can go on forever about Harry Potter. But I got a monologue I'm gonna do for you guys because yeah, let's see the power it. behind yes the the monologue. Should we bring this closer? Well, do we need to write it? I mean, I could project down. I sit high, high. I take a piece of toast off of Grace's plate, and she goes, "Help yourself." Help myself. I should help myself to half a piece of toast. They're four slices for a quarter. I should have a nickel every time. We go to the game, I pop for coffee, cigarettes, a sweet roll. Never say a word. Hey, Bobby, see who wants what? Huh? A fucking roast beef sandwich. Am I right? <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, that's it. That's very good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish right. you could see also the the. Facial well, it's like he, the, it's from a play called American Buffalo by David Mamet, and all of the characters in Mamet plays are horrendously bad human beings, <laughs> and that character is one of them. A lot of characters in just a lot of plays are yeah, horrendously yeah, 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 bad yeah, human yeah. beings. Yeah. He's uh, you know they're greedy, insecure. 
mainly stupid individuals who've convinced themselves that they're smart. I feel so. like I'm being called out right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I appreciate that. <laughs> but, um, do you think that most people are inherently like that? Do you no, think I do inside... not think so. No, I most certainly don't. Here we go. This, this hey, is... Haley. Haley's nodding. Oh, you're being disagreeable. <laughs> you heard Aiden's question. Haley, now let's hear Haley's saying, answer. Yeah. No, this is this is a suggestion I had actually that okay. I told about told Aiden that I wanted you guys to talk about actually. Oh, um, oh. is the, much better than my question probably. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it um, relates to when we're talking about like psychology and develop, de- developmental um, uh, growth in humans. Yeah. Um, psychologists have like different theories and just ideas about um, how we develop as people psychologically and one of the questions is are we born mostly good um like mostly prone to be good mostly prone to be bad or some mix of both or neither like blank slate so that's the question like which one do you think well how would you answer that um i'd want to know more about like there's been a lot of experiments with like infants um and it seems like they have some kind of idea or compass, uh, moral compass when it comes Towards to... Towards empathy. Yeah, they empathy. can They can understand they can other sh- people are yeah. suffering and try to mitigate it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it's really Usually hard. Usually they cause the suffering. Well. <laughs> That's for you, Aiden. <laughs> for, to me, they, they make a lot of people happy. But anyway, they, like, would do some crazy experiments with, you know, stuffed animals, and they have one stuffed animal be, like, mean to the other or uncooperative. Oh, yeah. Um, and then later they would ask them to pick between the two, and they'd, like, very, v- most often choose the one that was, like, cooperative. The nice stuffed animal yeah. was the one they liked the most, and so by extension that means that they themselves identify with goodness. Yeah, but they also showed a lot of, like, there were other experiments done with um, testing, like, selfishness, you know, and self-serving, like, tendencies and they were also showing being shown to be like bad you know i don't know how we want to define good and bad but yeah there's like arguments but it does suggest an an inherent goodness yeah we've got some time um or we could try this for the next episode well, uh, get the people now, to actually listen. <laughs> we are now at 38 uh, minutes on what's typically been a 40, 41, 42 minute podcast. And I guess the question is um, do we want to try to wrap up the concept of what anybody here thinks <laughs> of humanity or inherent morals? Yeah. That is that's a heavy topic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a leave, heavy topic to wrap up in like two minutes. Maybe um, we should leave them with the question and then on the next, like, ponder it, ask them to ponder it, think about it, what they think it. Well, you've thinks, thought of it. And then. Have you? Yeah, a bit, but I took a class and we talked about it, but <laughs> it was a while ago, so. So you don't remember. Well, you have opinions. Yeah. I bet we all do. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about next one? Well, yeah. Uh, if that's what it takes to get people to listen to our podcast. <laughs> well, what has it not been working so far? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we haven't really tried to market this. And maybe 
we're getting some viewers that we don't know about, I suppose. Let me check the, the SoundCloud. Oh my God! It, you can tell like instantly whether we have numbers. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You can see how many views we have. That's kind of scary. <laughs> can you let, tell oh if God. they actually oh listen to the whole thing? No, no, no. Ad. All right. It's not. <laughs> I accidentally clicked on an ad. Uh, okay. Well, but does that mean that you actually saw the number and it's embarrassingly low? No, for our podcast. Oh God! I guess I guess the decision is sort of being made for us uh, because if we were going about forty minutes, uh, forty-one, forty-two minutes, we're already there. So what we could say is, stay tuned for the next episode. If you guys are able to stick around, oh yeah, we could have the discussion of moral. The, what would be the moral, moral, moral term? Inherent morals moral of humanity. Yeah. Whether or yeah. not we are good, born to be good, or... God, SoundCloud sucks. And we could look at the, the uh, import of religion in uh, influencing the goodness of humans, or whether it's deeper than something like religion, or even what our parents teach us, I guess it's a good topic. So why don't we, you wrap and I, this up, Aiden, wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> this has been inherently human episode six, six, six. inherently <laughs> human episode six. I'm Aiden DeBoard. Jim Newman. Willis Holman. Haley Sage. And Thanks that's for about listening. it. Yeah. <laughs> we invite you to listen to episode seven when we resolve the issue of human morality. <laughs>